up, what up, what up? Welcome back to the Do What You All podcast. I'm your host, Alec McMillan. Man, as you can tell, I got a little bit more energy because I got a special guest on the podcast today. Me and this dude go way, way, way back, man. I'm talking back to freshman year of college. Uh, very, very grateful for this dude. This is a gym walking amongst us, man. Uh, this guy, he's always cared about people, genuine, energetic guy, uh, and especially if cared about the black community. Uh, he started something real, really special that I, I think you guys really need to dive in and check out. Uh, I'm not going to give too much of an introduction because I want him to speak about his brand uh, and, and what he's bringing to the table. Uh, but what up, Levante? How you doing, man? What's going on, man? What's going on, family? How's it going? Man, good. Just chilling, navigating through life, man. Just trying to just trying to push that wave of positivity like we've always did, bro. So, man, you know we go back, bro. And I, I kind of want to give the listeners a little bit of history about us, man. So we go back to freshman year in college, man. And, and it's crazy to think, as young as we are, how long ago that actually was. Uh, you remember those crazy talks we used to have, man, just about life uh, and just like in, in general, just about everything. We was just young kids wanting to hoop and not even knowing what we was doing back then, man. But we had some genuine talks, bro. Like, like you remember them talks, bro? Man, I, I remember them. And, and man, the more we talk about it, the more it comes back. But like, we were just two, and it was interesting, we were two, you know, young black males, you know, both of us born and raised in the South for the most part. Um, I moved to Michigan a little bit later on, but, uh, you know, raised in the South, so our street had Southern ideals in a predominantly white university in the middle of the woods, um, you know, but for them, you know, we had each other to kind of bounce ideas off of. So, you know, our talks, I mean, we talked about a lot, man, from relationships to, you know, life, manhood, uh, you know, we covered a, a wide variety of topics, you know, as well as a bunch of 2K, you know, <laughs> 2K games. But, uh, you know, man, we, we definitely talked about a lot. And we, I definitely remember them day, like, you know, like it was yesterday almost. Right, man. I Like, it's crazy, man. I be having flashbacks, you know, shout out uh, my boy T-Flight. You're doing your thing in the league, uh, Minnesota Vikings. Yeah. I see you. Uh, Matt, I know you're doing your thing. You got the girl of your dreams, man. That was that was crazy <laughs> to us watching that, man. Because I mean, freshman year, you wanted her since freshman year, and you got it, man. So shout out to you. Our whole dorm, man. We that that was a unique situation that I think we maybe that I think that we maybe took for granted back then. Uh, but it's great that we stay in touch. You know what I'm saying? And now to see what's transcending now, everybody going throughout the their own paths, man. It's a beautiful thing. Uh, and I, I'm just grateful that I got to meet you guys, bro. But man, I want to talk about, you know, your transition and your mindset when you went to Indiana, bro. Because obviously we didn't speak every single day after we had both left Northport after freshman year. Uh, you know, I went down to East Tennessee State uh, and you went to Indiana Tech. You know, I want to talk about, you know, when you were down in Indiana, what, like, talk about that process of how you you started growing up and starting to understand what you wanted to do in life. Uh, and, and just talk about the overall experience of being in Indiana. Yeah, so, uh, you know, when I left Northwood, I kind of left on the approach that, you know, I won, I was going, I was going D1. You know, I'm, I had zero intent of going to Indiana Tech until, you know, believe it or not, I kind of went down there on a visit with a friend and kind of just fell in love with the, the campus. You know, I was looking for um, somewhere I could be around family, it felt like, and Indiana Tech kind of felt like, that for me so upon getting down there uh maturity was quick you know it went from being in state two hours from the house to 
you know, now I'm really two hours away still, but I'm in a whole different state and a whole different culture. You know, Indiana's basketball country for those that really don't know. Um, you know, so I got down there and it was a whole different monster in terms of the people I was around, kind of the work ethic that I had to have in order to, to be successful. Um, and I think it, it, it taught me a lot at a very young age. That's what's up, bro. Because I, I, like, I could just look and see, like, man, Vontae growing up. Like, I know, obviously, naturally, we all going to grow up. Uh, but, you know, freshman year, we was, we was kids, man. We was, like, legit Definitely. kids. You know what I'm saying? And when we left, you know, you started to see Tyler mature. You started to see Matt mature, uh, myself, and, and you. You know, it's just, like, our core. You know, Matt was the only one that stayed. Shout out to Matt for holding that down. Uh, Shout out man, to Matt. Man, we, you know, after – just seeing that, I was like, man, I got to stay connected with this dude. And, and then, bro, here comes the birth of, you know, the Rebellion Collection, bro. Like, entrepreneurship. Uh, you know, we always connected on a different level, you know, with, with music, uh, the people that we listen to, uh, you know, inspirational people we watch. You know, we watched a lot of E.T. the Hip Hop Preacher, man. We listened mm-hmm. to a lot of we listened to a lot of Meek Mill inspirational music, you know what I mean? Uh, <laughs> and I think we we always connected and pushed each other like that. So, once I saw you venture off into entrepreneurship and start the Rebellion Collection, man, that, that warmed my heart because I'm like, yeah, that's, I knew Tay was going to do something like that, especially for putting on for the black community and, and educating and, and informing people about our rich history that we don't know about. Uh, so t- talk a little bit about what the Rebellion Collection is, uh, what you guys, you, you all's mission uh, with the Rebellion Collection uh, and, your, and your plans, uh, I guess, if you will, your vision uh for for the for the brand moving forward man so so first thing first man i think i definitely appreciate you you know shout out the entrepreneurship side of it's like uh i was i've been doing entrepreneurship for a long time i remember being you know third grade fourth grade going door to door in my apartment complex in florida taking trash out to try to make some money like so i it's always been a it's always been a thing of you know you find a need and you fill it and you know you find ways to keep money in your pocket as a kid but as we got older that turned to a hustle, that turned to a drive. Um, now, the big thing in, in Indiana was it was predominantly white. And, you know, that was, it wasn't an issue until it started to kind of infringe upon, like, who I was as a black person. Um, you know, the Colin Kaepernick situation really came about, um, you know, I'm, and with Colin, you know, really, really being denied his rights um, and kind of and really being blackballed out of the NFL. And when that happened, I felt like I had to be on side and I had to make a change. Even though I was playing at a small school, I felt like I had to make a change. So um, the Rebellion Collection was really just, uh, it was just a visual, you know, of my feelings and my expressions at that time. Uh, Believe it or not, I was taking a knee during the National Anthem during, um, you know, during while that was going on. I'm hearing all types of things from the crowd. You know, I'm hearing things like, go home, like, you don't like America go back to Africa, all types of stuff. Now, mind you, I was born and raised here in America. So, but, but, you know, like, that was – so Rebellion Collection came from that. Um, and it, the, the goal of Rebellion was to create a self-sustainable way, um, self-sustainable model, excuse me, to, um, to give back. I didn't want it to be something where it's a charity thing, where I need people to keep constantly giving me money because then, you know, it's tough, especially in the black community terms of donating to charities. I didn't want to be a charity. So I figured, why not educate people on the history that we have 
and create shirts that can change rooms and change conversations. And, you know, from there, rebellion was birthed. And, you know, four years later, we're still going strong. That's what's up, bro. Like, and, and obviously we know what's going on. and It's been going on. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. I wanted to talk to you as a, as a leader, as someone that's in the forefront of actually, you know, with action. You know, a lot of us are, are, are talking, you know what I mean? And it's like we're signing the petitions and, you know, we're, we're calling the numbers. Um, but, you know, as, as somebody that I can look at and see that, okay, well, he actually formulated a whole movement and brand around this years before the George Floyd, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah before Breonna Taylor, years before Ahmaud Arbery, you know what I mean? So for me, I'm like, you know, I, I posted you on Facebook. I said, shout out my boy Tay. He been on this, you know what I mean? And, and mm-hmm. that's, that's for me, I'm like, you know what I'm saying? This is something for me I wanted to talk to you about. Obviously, we know what's going on right now. My question to you is, what more uh, can us as, as people of color, I'm not even just going to say black. I don't even like to really say the word color. But it, it, this fight now is, is obviously beyond black. You know what I mean? It, it's it's absolutely right. So that's why I say people of color. But uh, what more can we do uh, to transcend forward? You know what I'm saying? D- Martin Luther King left a serious, serious flag. You know what I'm saying? And stake. Um, but now we have to pick it up and go even further. So my question to you um, is what do we do? Um, especially as, as youngins, you know what I'm saying, as, as leaders of the new generation, what can we do? Uh, I think, man, it's, it's a, and that's, that's, a, that's a great question, man. I think it's, it's a lot we can do. And I, I think we have two fronts that we kind of have to worry about. And we have as, you know, as a group and as, you know, as a group and as a collective, but we also have your individual self. I think as an individual, it's, it's three major things that can, that can really change you know, the environment that we live in. And the first thing is kind of your diet. Most people kind of, they stay sidetracked, but and I mean, that's everything that goes into your body from music to food to kind of where you are. Like you got to do your best to change your environment to positive, um, you know, and, and that starts, like I said, it starts with your food, kind of eating differently and because it'll clear your mind up, right? And I think that's the first thing. Uh, with that clear mind, the next thing you have to do is do your history and educate yourself. I think a lot of times, People forget that history is the best teacher and that everything in life has a cycle and history is bound to repeat itself. So when you look at history, you can start to see trends. And when you notice these trends, things don't really start to surprise you anymore. You know, things start to become really obvious and almost predictable. Uh, Like, you know, small example, the COVID situation. Most people don't know that in the 20s, there was a fever that broke out in America that pretty much mirrored COVID. You had people wearing masks, walking on the street, all that kind of stuff. So like I said, it's educating yourself. Um, you know, and I think, and lastly, it's just try doing your best to change the conversation in your circle as an individual. Um, so that'll prepare you for the next thing, which is unifying on a collective front. And that's when I, when we talk about a big group, that's the, that's the main thing is unifying collectively. I went, I got a chance to see, um, or listen to a, you know, a seminar and this a kind of a speech by Dr. Claude Anderson. And he talked a lot about, uh, you know, vertically integrating instead of horizontally. A lot of things, a lot of times, black, we, we think that as if I make it out, you know, I'm good. And in all reality, you're not. I think that we see that, especially in a lot of cases, like, you know, the Ahmaud Aubrey's and, uh, and a lot of people that 
I mean, prime example, you think you make it because you're LeBron, LeBron's still getting told to shut up and play basketball, you know? Right. So, like, you know, you, that is issues. There's definitely issues that we have to address collectively. And, uh, you know, collectively, we got to put religion, put all that kind of stuff to the side and remember that until we get rights for all black people, and, you know, and all people of color, all melanated people, um, however you want to word it, until we get rights for everybody, nothing's, you know, none of us really have rights. Yeah, bruh. That was the word, bro, for real. Because, like, like you said, bro, collectively, and I think that's the word that our generation needs to really understand because it's like what I'm, you know, me, I'm an observer. You know, before, before I do anything, uh, before I say anything, uh, it may look like I'm calculated, you know, in my head. If you ask me a question mm -hmm. sometimes on things like this, but really I'm just kind of observing what you just said, you know, and I'm, I'm observing what's going on. You know, I'm the guy that goes in the comments and reads what people are saying. I'm the guy that, okay, well you posted this, you know what I'm saying? I better be seeing you out here saying all this, but it, meanwhile, you know, you're not really doing that. And I'm not the one to, to divide us. Uh, and I hate, and I hate it and I hate it. I hate when I see, you know, our people dividing at a time like this. Um, and especially it's something that systematically was done on purpose for our people to divide. Um, so like you said, you think since you've made it, you've made it out. You know what I'm saying? Uh, a lot of these things, these instances that I'm seeing, you know, uh, the thing that's going around is Karen or, and Kevin or whatever. This is happening in the suburbs. You know what I'm saying? This, right. People have lived here for 15, 20 years and they're telling them you don't belong in this neighborhood or, uh, you know, please take down that rebel flag or, you know, I was swimming at the pool. They didn't think I lived here. What was it? The business owners that was in the gym, mm -hmm. they were working out in the gym of the, of the business that they own. Like, come on, man. You was calling the cops saying, I don't think you guys, you know what I'm saying? So like you said, these problems don't just go on in the hood, bro. Like, like you said, if your color is different, it's going to happen in the suburbs. It's going to happen in them gated communities because you're different. You know what I'm saying? They, they feel that they're entitled to this area and not you. Uh, so collectively, that's something that we all share in common. So why would we even divide at a time like this? You know what I mean? So, so for me, I'm just, it, it's hard for me to speak on a public scale criticizing another black person because I feel like it's three steps forward, two steps back when we do that. And I get it. We have to do that. But I mean, I've been I've been in a lot of my homies DMs, man. I've been in a lot of my friends DMs. If they said some off the wall stuff or uh, like, you know what I mean? Like, man, we got to stop killing each other before we talk about Black Lives Matter. And then, you know, what I'm saying I can that that right there is a statement that the racist supremacist people will take that and run with it. Uh, that's why you have no shots to her. You know, I, I'm not a person that do, does shots. She's not even going to hear this podcast, but like a Candace Owens. That's why she mm. is so big because that that culture sees that and goes, see, this is an educated woman. This right here is who, how y'all need to be talking. And it's like, no, she does not represent us. She, I don't know what her agenda is, but she obviously has an agenda to rub someone the wrong way, whether that's blacks, whether that's if she's manipulating whites right now to eventually come back and save black. I don't know. But whatever it is, there's obviously an agenda there because she's poking. You know what I mean? As soon as George Definitely. Floyd, Definitely. as soon as George Floyd died, she goes on, on, on social media and brings up 
all his history. Like, like that has to do with anything uh, 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 with, with the Derek Chauvin's yeah. knee. You know what I mean? That like all that history. So Derek Chauvin's knee. So, oh yeah, he meant he was supposed to die. Is that what, you know, I almost wanted to comment and say, so after you said this word, my question to you is, are you saying he deserved to die? If your answer is no, why did you say all that? You know what I mean? It yeah, is, definitely. It's your agenda. Uh, so man, I don't, I don't want to hone on that too much, bro. But you know, that's a, that's a, that's a conversation for, for years, man. You know, we can talk about that for days, for days. But one thing I do want to get your opinion on, bro, we're going to jump a little bit. It's still, it's still relevant to what's going on in America. Uh, and, but you was in China, man, when, when the breakout happened, bro, like, I literally, the first thing Destiny said was like, you check on Tay. And I had text your phone. And I think this was in the middle of you. Uh, I think you had, you had moved to like Taiwan for a little bit. And then you came back to, uh, I think it was uh, Oregon, uh, when you had officially came back, officially came back to the States. But I had texted you. And then I think there was like a lag and I didn't hear nothing. And I was like, man, my dude, okay. Because uh, I knew you was out there in China. Uh, but mm-hmm. tell, like, tell the listeners how that, how that was, bro. Because like we in America and I know it was, even worse in China, bro. So, like, tell the full experience, bro. Man, so, so the, and that's, man, China was, China pretty much got hit with COVID. And if you ask people in America, they'll tell you they caught something similar to COVID in November. China, China got hit with COVID really in November, December, if you want to be honest. Uh, but they, it was something that was kept quiet. There was no COVID title to it. You know, people got sick. No one really kind of knew. Um, but no, no one really knew what was going on. So around December, end of December, you start to kind of see COVID becoming a thing. And then January kind of hits, um, middle of January, and now you're starting to kind of see people wearing masks. Now, another thing most people don't know, people wear masks in China all the time just because, because of the air pollution. You know, they allow people to smoke cigarettes wherever and whenever. And when you have people... Um, when you have that many people in a small environment, now mind you, everybody that you see that's walking here now, imagine them on a, a mini bike. That's kind of that's how people get around and transport, you know, and transport their kids to school, whatever. So, you know, it's a lot of air pollution in China. So mm-hmm. the, the crazy part is, is that people wear masks all the time. So people didn't really, didn't really know why you were getting sick, but it was the COVID symptoms. So once COVID really broke, um, you know, that's when things got really interesting. Uh, I guess, like I said, over in China, because people people started to get really sick. And I have some friends that worked in a hospital. Uh, most people don't know this. There's a heavy African population of people in China um, just due to the fact that they go to college there and they go to universities because they can't go to America because of our immigration laws, as well as Europe has tough immigration laws. So um, I, I knew a lot of doctors and people that were in, in, interning in the hospitals. They were running out of masks. They were calling on people to get masks. So I kind of got a chance to see what was going to happen the first time. Um, and China did a full shutdown. When I say full shutdown, I mean public transportation. You could not go in or out of your city. Um, and they kind of got and they got ahead of it, essentially, after they realized it was a big deal. Luckily for me, um, I got out very, very soon, uh, very, very soon after um, the break kind of happened. And I went to Thailand. Um, so I was in Thailand for supposed to be six days, uh, you know, news flash to me, um, you know, on the sixth day I head back to the airport. I'm like, you know, I'm about to check in for my flight. They're like, Hey, why are you going back into China? Unless you have a flight out in the next two days. Now, mind you, I'm living in China. 
unless you have a flight out in the next two days, you got to find a flight to get somewhere else. So that told, that flipped my whole world upside down. You know, I was blessed to be able to spend, you know, two more weeks in Chi- in Thailand, excuse me, on the beach. But, man, it, uh, you know, COVID, it was huge in China. But believe it or not, Thailand is still Southeast Asia. And it wasn't that big. You didn't really have people wearing masks, not, you know, nothing too crazy. And then, you know, like we all kind of saw what happened with America following yeah. that. But, um <laughs> But yeah, so so China, China, China did the right thing and they got ahead of it. They got ahead of it, closed everything down, and you know, um, kind of what America needed to do. But we, you know, America's tough because our economy relies on our restaurants and our businesses. So definitely, definitely tough. Man, that's and man, I think that's huge because I think a lot of people didn't know a lot of what you just said, including myself. I just got educated, you know. Um, I one thing that you that you know if anybody follows you uh or, or is close to you we spoke about it briefly traveling man uh definitely talk about this and and what it's what it's done for you uh and just help some of the homies out man like get them to understand bro it, it's more than just uh first street and 22nd street bro like let them know that you can get out the hood bro and see some things that's gonna change you for the better bro you know what i'm saying like you said yeah. bro, no more trips to miami you know what i'm saying quit you know as much as you spend in miami you know i see i'm seeing guys save up a whole bunch you know what i'm saying they go down there blow the whole bag bro when they could have went <laughs> you know what i'm saying i mean obviously you know not china you know but they're doing what everything is going on but they could have went anywhere and saw different culture you know what i mean they could have went anywhere and met new people try new foods you know what i'm saying and just educate themselves to what's out here uh and and like you said um and see how we're how in different places black people are treated so talk to that a little bit man and and explain that uh and we'll kind of end on that man and just let people know like traveling is like is a true window to opening up a new aspect of life and a new person of who you can actually become. Man, so first thing I think, first thing for all my brothers out there, brothers and sisters, is when you leave America, you are not known as an African American. You're known as an American. That's A, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and that was big for me because most people don't realize that Black people were loved. Or you know, there, there's going to be hatred everywhere you go, but for the most part, and even in China. I was loved because, right, I'm 6'7", I'm, you know, I'm 6'7", I'm, you know, melanated, black skin, athletic. I had people that were stopping me, you know, that were telling, you know, hey, I want to take a picture. Didn't even know who I was, but that's the kind of love and appreciation you kind of get when you're over there. Travel, travel's been big for me for a long time. You know, my mom, she was, she would always take us on road trips from up, up and down I-75 from Georgia to, you know, Michigan twice a year, but um, the big, it started with a lot of these AAU, really started with AAU, doing a lot of traveling with basketball, but I only got to see America and you really only got to see the hotel room. And I realized so much because all these guys want to act so, and I love it because we have this, because we're so, we feel so trapped, we feel as though we have to act tough. And you, you lose that really quick when you touch down in the country and none of the, none of the signs to get out of the airport are in English. You know, when, you know, when, when no one else speaks English. So I learned, I learned a lot really, really quick that you have to be able to adapt 
to your environment. And that's one of the big things. Uh, that's why I, I preached the No Trips Miami. I just started traveling maybe a year ago. I've been to seven, I've been blessed to be, go to seven, seven countries. Um, China, got to spend some time in Tokyo um, at the intersection where they shot that, that Tokyo drift scene where they drifted through all those people. Got a chance to go there um, in Nagoya um, uh, and excuse me, in Shibuya. But um, I got a chance to kind of, I got a chance to hit South Korea. Um, got a chance to see uh, uh, Thailand. I got a chance to go to Mexico. Um, you know, I got, a, and like I said, and I, I hit these different, these different areas and I, and wherever you go, it's a different eye-opening experience. People think that, you know, they're living in poverty here. You can't drink the water that comes from the tap in China. You can't drink the water that comes from the tap in Mexico. So it's Flint, Michigan, but it's everywhere in your country, you know? So you realize and you, you, you become a lot more appreciative of the luxuries that you have here. You know, a toilet, like a, to like a modern day toilet that we have here in America is a luxury in China, you know? So you, and you realize the different cultures, the different diets that people eat. Um, I started to drink a lot more tea when I left China because it is relaxing. A lot of people need to start drinking more tea, you know? Um, but travel, like I said, travel opened my eyes to, like I said, the fact that, you know, we really are Americans. The fact that there aren't many Black Americans that are traveling um, and seeing the world, but that you you leave you leave America and you come back a totally different person. You know, you come back a person that's able to relate a lot of the conversations that you have really with anybody to something, and I think that helps. A, you know, to keep people engaged, but you you'll never stop learning. You know, the and I guess I'll kind of close with this. But one of the biggest eye openers that I had was. Chinese is a very tough language, and I was around a lot of different students because, you know, you go to China, but you still look for people that look like you. And I found a lot of, you know, African students, and we would be at dinners. And this was when I realized that as Americans, we think we're the smartest country in the world. We're not. Or we only know one language. We only know English. And I sat at tables, and I have, you know, I got four or five different languages being spoken around me, and I don't know any of them. So then you then you, you you had I had to take a look in the mirror. So who's really the smart one here? You know, English is a lot of people's second language, not their first. Whereas we only know English, and we tell everyone to conform to our language. And when, when in our reality, they already know two languages, two maybe three, four languages. So like I said, I, I just I realize how important it is in terms of travel, knowing different languages because you can communicate with anyone in the world. If you know Chinese, English, Spanish, and French, you can essentially communicate with almost anyone in the world. And uh, I think, you know, that's kind of the issue that we have now that we're seeing in America. There are two different languages. You have what we speak, kind of what we speak and how we feel in our, in our environments as Black people, and then you have the white environments. We don't speak the same language. And that's where, when you learn to speak someone else's language, um, you know, you can get your point across and be able to express yourself. Man, that's that's huge, bro. Like I said, we gonna get a trip in, man. Uh, I said 2022 just to be safe. You know, finances are good for everyone. Um, 2022, man, we definitely got to go somewhere. Um, you know what I'm saying? I, I, I got to meet your lady, man. She seems like a gym, man. She's always supporting you. Definitely. Uh, very smart. So shout out to her. Uh, man, shout out your brand real quick, man. Give these people a, a call to action because I know after them listening to you talk, they're like, man, this guy sounds educated. 
He knows what he's talking about. Uh, let me shop with this guy, man. So, so give them the, the, you know, the social media, the website, whatever. Uh, I'll, go ahead, man. Definitely. All right. So um, the Rebellion Collection, uh, we do two things. The first thing that we do is we provide, con- we provide uh, T-shirts as well as crew necks, hoodies with designs on that are going to help change conversations and instantly change the room. You know, as soon as you walk in, people see it, they see your design and your conversations change. The energy changes in your room. The second thing that we do is we give back. We give back in three ways. The first way we give back is via breakfast drives. Uh, our breakfast drives are to help kids that don't get breakfast in the morning. A lot of us grew up and we either knew people or unfortunately we weren't one of those people that didn't get breakfast. So for me, that hits home. So we do breakfast drives to get kids breakfast in the morning. The second thing we do is we get fresh, uh, fresh fruit and produce to families that need it because let's be real. Uh, you know, we grew up on ramen noodles and that wasn't the healthiest food. So a lot of times we don't have access to it for whatever reason, but that's one way to, you know, that's another way that we give back. And like I said, and lastly, uh, we do book drives where we give away literature um, and we try to inform and educate people um, on their history and on who we, you know, who we are as a people, white, both white and black, so that we can help to further the progress. Um, we do that in uh, 30% of our, pro- our, excuse me, 30% of our profits actually go back towards those uh, three ways, which I said, and giving back. Um, so if you like it, if you support it, support our mission. Um, you can follow us on Instagram at R-B-L-N, uh, period, A-M-N, which is short for Rebellion, Any Means Necessary. On Instagram, you can find us on Facebook at The Rebellion Collection on Facebook, um, and as well as our website, www.rebellioncollection.net. Um, and yeah, that's pretty much us. Man, so y'all heard it here first, man. Uh Great talking to my boy Tay, man. Uh, Levante Davis, uh, founder and owner of uh, the Rebellion Collection. Uh, go check them out. Uh, guys, please continue to share the podcast. Uh, please continue to tell your mammy, your granny, your daddy, your uncle that this is one of the best podcasts you ever listened to. I'm going to keep bringing y'all new stories. I'm going to keep bringing y'all this positive content. Y'all just let me know, man. Uh, please, new listeners, uh, follow us on social media, DWIA underscore CO. Uh, do what you are company on youtube facebook check us out and like i said we got a real big announcement coming for y'all soon so stay tuned man all y'all that wanted to uh support us uh we got something for y'all man so so y'all better not hide when we drop this for y'all uh we're gonna be needing y'all support man so we can keep this thing going and always remember do what you are